there. It's always a good Monday. We've got Cray news from Kay Smythe on a Monday. Uh, Kay, how are you? Good to see you. I'm good, Joe. How are you? You're better than good. So I'm doing well, and and I'm I'm trying to figure out what's going on with Tucker Carlson. Now I was on Newsmax earlier. You saw, and mm-hmm. um, people have been speculating since he was taken off the air. He still works there. I mean, Megyn Kelly gave us some insight into what Fox contracts look like. It's either pay or play. Um, and if they, if they don't, they don't want to play what he's doing. They don't want to host anything. They're still paying him. So they literally can say, you can't go anywhere else for the next year and a half, but he's going to have to break that if he wants to show up somewhere. But we got word today, and I know that your news story on this and other things, Tucker Carlson doing very well in the Daily Caller. The word is that he was going to talk about Ray Epps in January 6th, and that's why they said you can't go on the air. But you're hearing something about, from this biographer guy who's releasing all this, um, you're hearing something about Dominion and whether that story had any 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 veracity. So I'm confused. What, what, first of all, why is it Tucker Carlson Monday? And uh, and secondly, why is your story going nuts? People really want to know stuff about this guy. Well, I think Tucker, the sort of appeal comes from, you know, him being like the voice of the nation. And we still don't really know why he was let go from his job. Like it was just such an ignorant move by Fox to let go of their number one host. I love that and you so said that. Story... You're the only person who's smart enough to call it an ignorant move. It really it's was so ignorant. ignorant. Go ahead. Um, it was so dumb. Um, I could say a lot of other things, just not on radio because I'll get in trouble. Yes. But um, <laughs> no, it, it, it is. It's absolutely ridiculous. And so the story that I covered today, uh, my editor sent me over this video that's from this guy, Chadwick Moore, who is Tucker's official biographer. Uh, Tucker's biography is coming out, I think it's like the next month or July. And it's it's a straight to camera conversation with this biographer, Chadwick Moore, where he says that the Monday that Tucker got let go, his monologue that night was supposed to be about January 6th. It was supposed to be about Ray Epps. And for those who don't know, I literally didn't know until I wrote this story who Ray Epps was because, you know, I don't really try to get too in the weeds with politics anymore because, you know, um, we all know what it's like. But... (laughs) But basically, Ray Epps is this guy who's one of the only people who was seen on video inciting a riot or whatever you want to call it on January 6th. He's never been charged, never gotten in trouble. And so a lot of people say that he's an FBI informant. So that that was the first thing that Tucker was going to say in that Monday monologue that we never got to hear. The second thing was kind of ironically, he was going to talk about censorship. And the fact that there are voices like uh, I think this guy brought up AOC who was all about trying to censor Tucker. And like, I've, you know, Twitter censored Tucker. I've written many times about different mediums that have censored Tucker um, or different outlets, I should say. But what I, the whole Fox News thing, it gets so in the weeds and you hear all these buzzwords like uh, Dominion, the lawsuit, the settlement, like how that relates to Tucker. And so Chadwick Moore basically says in this video, that he has sources that are incredibly close to this situation that say a very small group of people who are the voting majority of uh, of Dominion voting systems, who just settled this $700 million lawsuit or something with Fox, apparently he he has multiple sources who say that Tucker getting censored and shut down by Fox was part of the settlement of that suit. Now, it's a rumor we've heard a lot, but is it going to turn out to be like uh, 
I don't know, something like Hunter Biden's laptop, where it's just one of those things where, okay, yeah, it looks really bad. There was a lawsuit settled right before, uh, <laughs> right before Tucker got like uh, censored and right. shut down with Fox. And the people who won that lawsuit just happened to be one of the biggest voting systems in the country. And they censored the largest voice in this country that does have a meaningful impact on every single presidential election. Everything he talks about, he has an impact on. So I think there's a lot of want to link those two things together. But the video says that this guy is almost, I mean, he seemed to me completely convinced that that was the case. I don't really have any opinion on it. I can't vote. But uh, I think for the American public, it's the sort of thing where really there should be a concrete answer, yes or no. The question has been asked enough now. Did this company shut down and censor the largest voice in media, really? Let's like, if you think about it. And anyway, this video that Chadwick Moore posted, it's currently, if you go to dailycaller.com, it's like in the top top of the site so you can click on it it's easy to find um i think it's only about two minutes and 16 seconds long something like that and weird i can remember weird numbers like that but i can't <laughs> do basic mental arithmetic right uh but it had like 100 million views in an hour and wow. to put in perspective it took tucker 24 hours to get to 100 million views on his first video that he shared on twitter right. after leaving fox or right. going through this like messy breakup with fox so clearly this is an issue that's getting more and more and more attention and the more that people start asking these questions, like I said, Joe, like we like I again, there should be an answer. I just think it's always right that there should be an answer. Do yes. I think we're going to go? I really well, don't. Well, well, here's the interesting thing. A little more context on both things. Ray Epps is the only guy on video on January 5th and 6th where he's saying, let's go tomorrow. Let's go inside. Let's go. We're going to stand up for what's right. It's our house. We're going to go in. And he's saying it over and over and over again. There are people that aren't anywhere on video saying anything like that that haven't gotten any adjudication yet in two years. Two and a half years later, there's no Eighth Amendment rights. So this guy's camping with his wife and, and, and acting like he's a victim. I mean, anybody who is a Trump supporter that's on videotape saying something like what he said, who is not behind bars, we have the right to ask questions. Well, then who is he? The FBI says he's not with us. What, is he CIA? Is he somebody who's a confidential informant who's not actually FBI? They're getting out of that, you know, through semantics. Who knows? Now, when it comes to Tucker, Dominion came out after the allegation was made that Tucker was parting ways from Fox because of Dominion. Dominion itself said a day or two later that had nothing to do with our case. Mm-hmm. They said that. $787 million. Why would Fox take their most important voice off the air, continue to pay him, by the way? He's still making millions of dollars. It'll be $30 million over the next year and a half if Tucker Carlson doesn't show up somewhere else and breach the contract. So I'm, I'm confused by all of it. But this guy is the biographer that I'm guessing is talking with Tucker Carlson. I would imagine he knows the guy and he's writing it with him with his help, I would, I would think. Yeah, um, like hundreds of hours of well, Right, then why say this? You know what I mean? Why say that? Now, over the weekend, just to add even more crap to it, is what I do. I add crap. Um, over the weekend, I read somewhere that Tucker Carlson got fired because he aired the January 6th video, and there was a much more video that the DOJ is still hiding and won't let us see. Mm-hmm. So, okay, there are so many tentacles here. How does somebody like you, who has to aggregate all this, put it into a great story? That's number one, as we're doing this on, on, the, on the website. How do you put it together and know how much and how little to put in? Because you could write a 2,000-page a, a essay and not cover it all. 
Well, on pieces like this, Joe, you know, I'm I'm known as a commentary writer within I would say ninety percent of my work. But on pieces like this, I just try try to go as straight news as humanly possible. When I want people to read an article like this, I basically just tell them like the whole purpose is like here's everything that's in the video. If you are sitting on a train, if you are out in public somewhere, if you are somewhere where you can't watch it and listen to it, here's everything that's in it and you can read it in less than 30 seconds so you know it happened. I don't have anything more to add on it. I don't have any insight. I don't have any exclusives. I literally, my job is to just let you know that this happened. And actually, I would say maybe a little bit more than uh, 10% of my work is like that. I'd say probably like a solid 30% of what I write is just straight news. Obviously, if it's something like a crime or things like that, you can filter in other statistics that would, you know, um, sort of contextualize it a little bit more right. or a little bit differently. But on pieces like this, it's like Tucker retweeted this video and the guy in this video says some crazy stuff. So if you want to watch this video, you can. If not, here's everything that's in it. And um, you can take from that what you will. Yeah. And I really try to leave it up to the reader. But that's that's an interesting question. I've never been asked about my writing like that before. Well, well they, I'm glad that uh, that you had a good answer for it. It's Kay Smythe. Go to ksmythe.com. And Smythe is very, very Welshy. So it's S-M-Y-T-H-E. Um, but Kay, I appreciate you um, um, uh, spelling that out. Because if I got all that information, I would want to do a, a like an eight-part miniseries on it. You know what I mean? I'd be like, oh, okay, and then this happened. Um, let's go to, to weather. I grew up, as you know, in South Florida. And we had hurricanes all the time. I remember 1978 or 1979, Hurricane David. Uh, I remember going through other hurricanes when I was a kid. I remember being in news and going back to Florida to go co- uh, uh, cover Hurricane George. Kid couldn't say George. It had to be George. Hurricane George. George. And then there was there was like the hurricane season from hell in 2005 and, and Katrina in New Orleans. And then we had all sorts of other stuff in, in 2000. Hurricane seasons have been very, very mild for a long time now. But for some reason, a story that you presented to me today has to do with forecasting what hurricane season is going to do. And that somehow has to do with housing. How? So, OK, it, it's it's not exactly completely confluenced with housing, okay. um, uh, but we can get into that because it does have to do a lot with infrastructure. Sure. So I guess that's housing. Yeah, I got it. I yes. can spin it. So hurricane season is uh, looks like it's going to be upon us a little bit earlier this year. We're going through an El Nino event. Um, I'm not going to get into the weeds on what El Nino is because it changed, like the definition changes pretty much every time I'm going to help you. Let me stop you. I'm going to help you. El Nino is Spanish for the Nino. Go ahead. That's what, that's what I do. So the Nino is here, yes. if you speak American. Yes. Um, as all my friends tell me to, but I never do. Right. Um, but we're going through an El Nino this year. It basically is a reversal of what you would think of in a traditional uh, annual set of seasons yes. in terms of weather patterns, things like that. And so I follow this one account on Twitter, uh, this kid, and he is a kid, uh, Colin McCarthy. I can't remember what his handle is. And he's studying to be a meteorologist and he's just got the most fascinating insights. And so on Friday, he shared this tweet, which was, oh, we're seeing this strange warming anomaly in the North Atlantic. And and you can sort of verify the data on this really easily. There's like a bunch of different places that you can go where the data can't really be manipulated unless someone's literally trying to play the biggest con in the world. Um, and you can see what sort of different like weather station boys, things like that, what sort of temperatures they're reading. 
Um, and so I sort of like checked it out a little bit for myself, you know, spoke to a couple of friends and I was like, okay, well, this, there is this warming anomaly in the North Atlantic. And I was like, well, we know we're going through an El Nino year. We've already had, uh, you know, five, six months almost of insane weather events. I mean, the snow in California, we've talked about it multiple times on the show. Like, I'm so worried about that. We've had tornadoes. We've just had a lot of crazy weather so far this year. And so I'm seeing this warming and then my mind goes to, oh, hurricane season, according to uh, the National Weather Service, starts on June 1st. Of course, dates when it comes to climate weather, things like that, literally anything outside the human consciousness means nothing. It's all arbitrary, um, right. So, so basically, for our purposes, hurricane season is starting early. Now, Joe, here's where I go a little bit tinfoil hat. But you, I have said so many things on this show that have ended up basically being forecasts yes. or predictions for right. what happens next. So with a moderate degree of confidence, here's what I think is going to happen. And I think this is like probably a really generally held thought uh, too. So first thing I see is El Nino and I see the warning, um, this warning of warming. Then I get, ooh, hurricane season might be a bit tougher this year. And I'm like, mm, those two things don't really go hand in hand. Like if you read like any kind of like farmer's almanac, things like that, like an El Nino year, it's not usually as crazy as uh, people make it out to be, the media, i.e. make it out to be. Right. Um, it usually can be a little bit different. Storms might hit at different times, which means, you know, like say down in Florida, that has an influence because when it's summer season and people are down there traveling and their kids are down there, it's going to have a bigger effect. So it seems like a much bigger, scarier storm. But in terms of the actual storm profile, it's not. And so I see all of this stuff. And then I was like, OK, I'll write up the story, blah, 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 whatever. And then I dig into what's going on. Um, basically, yeah, with uh, the housing market. What's going on with the fact that we don't track food supplies, the fact that we're probably going to head into a pretty nasty recession that is going to be similar to 2008, could feel depression-y. And uh, then I start seeing headlines. It's an adjective, depression-y. Go ahead. Depression y. And I swear <laughs> to goodness, Joe, this all happened in the space of like three hours. So yeah. I hope I'm explaining it well. You are. But it went from like, hmm, crazy weather fluctuations to like, oh no, like, problem social planet to El Nino could cause massive disruptions that could like really hinder like people are going to die structures are going to be destroyed everything's going to go terrible because it's an El Nino year and I'm like bro everything's going to go terrible because we didn't manage the COVID pandemic well yes obviously we're in a housing bubble people have massively overpaid for homes all across the country, they are now locked into insanely high interest rates in overpriced McMansions that they're not going to be able to refinance in five years' time. Half of them are on interest-free, uh, or sorry, interest-only mortgages for the first five years anyway. So I have no idea how much that price is going to hit them in the next, what, like five years? And then you've got Biden saying, oh, like, it's going to be such a bad year. Like, there's going to be so many crises all over the planet because of the climate. We might lose 8 million jobs. And I'm like, that doesn't make sense. I saw no, a, uh, no, it, you it, mismanaged this planet of course. and you're going to blame the weather. Well, I don't know that they're mismanaging the planet as badly as you say. And here's why I say this. Um, they know that climate change and global warming, the way they presented to us, is a complete hoax. I'm going to tell you how. 
I saw a billionaire the other day on some Instagram reel. I don't know the guy's name off the top of my head, but he said something so smart to some climate activist that stood up and questioned him. He said, can you go to the bank, if you've got good credit, and get a 30, or they're even given 40-year mortgages now? And the kid was like, well, yes. Well, why would they do that if in 12 years we're screwed? And it really makes you think, who runs this, this planet? It's the bankers. It's the elite. It's those who believe they're the elite. The, the elite. It's the globalists, and it's all revolving around currency somehow. Why would those who control all the currency lend me money for 30 years if in 12 years, like AOC says, we're all dead? Because we're not. Yeah. Maybe that's why. We're really not. And it's a really great get-rich-quick scheme for yeah, these bankers, for these is. global elites. And, like, it's really sad, Joe. And I, I, I don't want us to sort of descend into some horrible, divided society. I don't either. But it really... We have such a poor relationship with the natural world to the extent that we don't actually really know what she's up to on any given day. And that's the kind of stuff that freaks me out, right? Because like we've, let people, we've let people manage it. We've let people yeah. manage the natural surroundings who don't have any business managing the natural surroundings. And we gave that up. We threw our hands up like 100 years ago and said, yeah, we're not going to worry about it anymore. We'll just let them do it, whoever the hell them is. And that's why we're in this predicament. Okay, I'm out of time. Okay, I'm out of time, Smythe. We have to do, to do like a two-hour one one day where we just yeah. curse like sailors. Yes, I'm so here for it. We can talk about this crazy social <laughs> yes. experiment that has only existed for 100 years. Yes. And it's gone so badly. Horribly. It's Kay Smythe. Go to KaySmythe.com. Read everything she does in the Daily Caller. See her on Newsmax all the time. Kay, I appreciate you. You're the best. Uh, you are. We're back after this. Stay right here. This is The Joe Pag Show. JK coming on, it's by Paula Burp. Dirty Pop. Hi, Paula, what's going on? So, have you ever seen the the lady that Jeff Bezos has been dating? Yes. I think she used to be like a, a news reporter or something. She right? was in LA, yeah. Lauren Sanchez, well, apparently now they're engaged. And how much is he worth? Do we know? Uh, it says here, uh, well, he was on a $500 million super yacht, so. <laughs> Just the yacht alone is half a billion dollars. Yeah. All right. Polo, I appreciate you. Thanks. Sam, thank you. Carrie, see you. Back tomorrow. Have a great night. Bye. This is the Joe Pegg Show.